The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Kelly Payfer. I may be from Down Under, but don't ever underestimate me. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a mom. Model, but I'll never be your model minority. Becca Simon. It gets icy where I'm from, so you know I'll bring the heat. Jill Hirsch. Your petty drama can't take this warrior down. Jamie Allrunner. Where I come from, we're known for our great lakes, but I'm just known for my great ass. Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jib, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Maria M. Where I'm from, they sing God Save the Queen, so I guess you can call me a god. Jill Walsh. I made it up this hill myself, and I'll kick any jack off. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and you're not even on my payroll. John Friedman. Diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mama means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist pumping, this Jersey girl brings the party. Amanda Agosti. Everything is bigger in Texas and my heart is no exception. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can ever take you down. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets and I get it all. Adade Adidoko. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but I'm actually just smoking. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Adil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Trinity Subramaniam. I have four degrees and eight syllables and zero fucks to give. Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shame. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. Brianna Tony. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. And lastly, Tanisha. While others are turning tables, I'm dancing on them. another episode of the reality is as always it's newer how's everybody doing today listen i'm gonna be a real piece of shit and talk a whole bunch about the weekend today because it's my birthday weekend okay i turn 37 tomorrow uh depending on when i release this but it's saturday morning and um tomorrow's my birthday so shout outs to all of us august virgos we're absolute monsters We live on the cusp of Leo and Virgo, and we are um, uh, assholes. (laughs) We're full of ourselves, like Leos, but we're sure why we're full of ourselves, because we're analytical, and we are actually crippling in constant self-doubt, like Virgos do, and we know that we're right. Okay. Anyway, so um, it's my birthday weekend. I have a lot to do this weekend. So there was no Real Hustles of Beverly Hills on. This episode is going to be probably, I hope, a little bit short. But we're talking about 
Real Housewives of Dubai primarily today. However, so much happened on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills social media this week that I do feel like I've got about 20 minutes of content there. So my point in saying all that about my birthday and the shows and all that is that this is going to be a smaller episode than usual because I didn't have two full shows to recap. Um, but but I don't know. With the, all the nonsense that's going on in Beverly Hills social media, I don't even know like where to start because honestly, I think Danny Pellegrino said it. It's now getting to the point where it's giving me a lot of anxiety similar to like before Real Houses of New York reunion just got suddenly canceled and we didn't have a reunion. We didn't have any um, any closure on it. And then the show just never came back. And I, I am definitely the way that these girls are behaving. I do feel the same fears that I do think that this is going down that same path. But if you're not in the know, Here's what's going on under Hustles of Beverly Hills. So last week, um, I think, yeah, this is from last week. Last week, somebody tweeted something. It was like a Google screen of somebody Googling Garcelle, but they had the name spelled wrong. And Garcelle commented on it saying, LOL, not the name spelled wrong, right? That's all she said. Now, Diana Jenkins is a certified maniac, right? Like we can – she lives in a different planet. She doesn't make any sense. She's a lunatic. She's an absolute lunatic. So apparently like Garcelle laughing at that stupid tweet saying, LOL, not the misspelled version of her name, Diana posts that and posts her – initial text message that we all got a, you know, a preview of the whole text message between Diana and, um, and all the women about her miscarriage and Garcelle, you know, and all that stuff. Garcelle might think I'm rude from like a whole bunch of episodes ago. So Diana reposts that, that, um, that text thread along with a screenshot of Garcelle laughing at a meme about her name being misspelled in the caption. She says, Hmm, my grammar and spelling might be off for sure, but bottom line is I lost my baby at 18 weeks pregnancy in most violent way and nearly died in the process and I'm ridiculed for spelling someone name for, for spelling someone name. Fascinating what fan favorite get away with. Go on trolls, do your worst, oh wait, you already did. So she posts this and it doesn't make any sense because this isn't about your baby or your miscarriage. Like what are you talking about? It it doesn't make any sense. It's such a reach. And it, it just like, it, I don't even understand the thought process there. Like, you just really hate this woman and you're just coming after her for some nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. It, it, it has, it, I just don't understand the connection here. But in the comments of this, it's just, you know, cuckoo bananas, as we know. It's just insane that people are even like trolling her. I mean, look, people are making fun of her. But there's extremists on both sides. People are being awful to her about her miscarriage, which is insane. But there's also people that are like, this doesn't make any sense. Like you're obviously reaching. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. But at one point, somebody was like, oh, my God, get over it. It's a joke. Somebody wrote. You're clearly reaching and looking for a moment at this point. It's clear someone or your people are in your head. The lady made fun of the fact that you misspelled her name and you have turned it around that she lacked compassion. And Diana, I swear to God, 
<laughs> commented back on it saying, very funny subject, dead baby, go away, you human cancer. What is wrong with this person? She is on another planet. She is on an absolute other planet. It's so crazy. Another person said, what does any of this have to do with Garcelle? You spelled her name wrong and she laughed. Just stop posting text threads with her name misspelled. Then maybe you won't. she won't laugh. And she wrote, you are, Diana responded, you are a morbid troll that doesn't even understand what's wrong with pointing out misspelled name in message like that. Go away, human cancer. She keeps calling people human cancer, which is like also just insane. It's so bizarre. Somebody else was like, you're having a miscarriage. Is it absolutely devastating? And no one's taking that away from you. But in the middle of explaining your situation, you went out of your way to bring up Garcelle. You went out of your way to say, oh, I went through all this stuff and I have to explain it to you. Otherwise, Garcelle's going to think I'm rude. Like, you're not making any sense. So this person says you're deflecting. If you wanted the emphasis to be on your situation, then you shouldn't have brought in Garcelle in the first place. And Diana, being the lunatic that she is, says, really, you are all actually okay with her mocking my my spelling publicly from that message? Neither of them could find something else to bully me on, but my my spelling, my accent, and my miscarriage. Literally, no one is bringing up this lady's miscarriage, and she keeps bringing it up. So in this thread where she's literally fighting with people who are trying to tell her, like, this isn't about your miscarriage. This is just about your you misspelling her name. She Somebody commented on there saying... Start blocking people, Diana, and don't mind these haters with agendas. Garcelle is taking advantage of the time and knows what card she is playing. It's in color and it's woke, like her fans. Fake woke for their benefit. It's a shame. And Diana responded to that with a heart. And, like, it's one thing for her to keep constantly saying, like, oh, like this obvious reach that doesn't make any sense, right, of, oh, Garcelle is trying to make fun of my miscarriage, even though Garcelle's making not even making she's just pointing out the fact that Diana can't spell her name right that's it it's not it's nothing to do with the rest of the content of that message it all has to do with the fact that she misspelled her name that's it and it's one thing for her to be fighting with people over that because it's so delusional but then for her to comment and send a heart emoji to a a comment like that that talks about Garcelle playing a color card and Garcelle playing a woke card what the hell does that even mean what the hell does that even mean? To me, that's straight up racist, personally. So all of this is just like Diana continuing this stupid nonsense of fighting with Garcelle and making Garcelle this monster and all this stuff. Then suddenly, two days later, if you, I've, it's like all over the news now, Jax, Garcelle's 14-year-old son, who already got cussed out by Erica on the show, is starting to get awfully racist messages, comments, and all this stuff from obvious bots. And they're all bots who are in favor of Erica and Diana. It's absolutely batshit crazy. After that point, Bravo releases a statement that we've all seen. um, But Bravo releases a statement saying that we're shocked and appalled at the social media comments directed at Garcelle's son. We urge our viewers and social followers alike to refrain from targeting our cast, our families, and harmful rhetoric, right? Like everybody is obviously coming out in support of Jax, of Garcelle's family, and all this stuff. Now, what's really wild is after this, Erica, (laughs) well, first Diana. Diana first shares, 
this woman is so insane. So before the, the I think before Bravo shared that statement and all this stuff is happening to Jax, Diana posted this Huffington Post article that she did in 2010 and she posts screenshots of it in her um, on her Instagram page. And the caption is, I wrote an article in 2010, link is in bio. It might give you more insight into who I am as a mother. I'm appalled at recent comments aimed at the child of one of my fellow Real Housewives of Beverly Hills cast members. No one should be treated this way, especially children. Sadly, this is not the first time Real Housewives of Beverly Hills children have been attacked. This has to stop. Leave our kids alone. The the bizarro thing about this is, one, she doesn't even name Garcelle in this, okay? All of this started because she started going bananas about Garcelle apparently making fun of her miscarriage. Like, all of this started because of that. Um, but Diana posted this article. She doesn't even mention Garcelle's name. And the article, you guys, is about how victims of the um, the massacres in Bosnia in the 1990s, those parents, the children of those victims or something, um, they, or the mothers, the mothers of the, of, of Srebrenica, Srebrenica, which is the, this terrible thing that happened in the 1990s in Bosnia and the massacres of the Bosnian people. And they were targeted for being Muslim. It's horrible. But the article is about how the mothers who have survived would not even wish death upon the fascists who murdered their families. Now, Diana, are you trying to say that Garcelle is a fascist? I'm not even sure what the hell that means. Like, why are you sharing that article as a, a show of like what kind of person I am? I'm the kind of person who wouldn't even wish death upon a murderer, uh, a, an, a, a dictator, fascist, war criminal. I wouldn't even wish death upon them. Okay, that is what Diana is saying. Okay, but what? why are you linking this with Garcelle and what's happening to her son? What the hell does that even have to do with each other? Are you saying Garcelle is a fascist and you wouldn't even wish death upon her and her family? <laughs> what the hell are you even talking about, you fucking lunatic? Then um, all the ladies of her house of Beverly Hills start sharing this um, statement from Bravo. And first Diana shares it, obviously turns off her comments. Then she shares it again and she says, oh, she she turns off her comments. And then I think it's Erica who shares it. Guys, it, it, these women, somebody's got to take their goddamn phones away. Like, Diana, you're rich. You don't need to, um, you can hire a social media person and you need to stop posting on your own because, girl, it's bad. Somebody take this crazy lady's phone away. And this is why I know she's not a good person because if she was a good person, she had real friends in her life, nobody would be uh, letting her behave this way. But Erica shares it. She shares that comment, uh, that statement without a caption. And somebody comments on it saying, I didn't see Bravo making every post about leaving kids alone when the woke mob was coming after your son for being in law enforcement in 2020. And Erica's like, exactly. First of all, what the hell does that even mean? Number one, your son is a grown man who has a job as a cop. He's not being attacked because of the color of his skin. The the comments on Jax's social media were straight up racist because he's black. 
That's what it was. So you cannot compare the two. One, Jax is 14. Your son is a grown man. Your son is being, quote unquote, attacked for being a cop. Okay, whatever that means. And that's his job. He's not being attacked for being white. He's being attacked because he chose to do a profession that um, th- that targets people of color. That's what what there's no comparison with a 14 year old who's being attacked for being black. Okay. Then secondly, you're you're reaching. You're reaching. You guys are constantly, constantly reaching. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. And how are you appalled? How are you even sharing this statement that says, oh, I'm appalled by the comments to a 14 year old when you're the one that initially brought all this up? You are the one that cussed out a 14 year old on camera. You're the one that pulled Jax into this. He wouldn't have been involved at all if you hadn't sat on camera, gotten drunk, and cussed out a 14-year-old. Oh, I was treating him like he was older. He's 16. It doesn't matter if he's 16 or if he's 14 or he's 17 or he's 20. You don't get to talk to somebody's children that way, especially somebody who's not really even your friend. You've reminded them of it every single episode. I'm not really close to you. I'm not close to you, but I'm going to sexualize your son. I'm not close to you, but I'm going to cuss out your 14-year-old. Get the fuck out of here, Erica. So she's the one who's posting this. It doesn't make any sense. And then if you're talking about what the woke mob did in 2020, Garcelle, you've admitted this as much on camera at the reunion. Garcelle was the first person to reach out to you because she was worried about how your son is doing, Erica. She was the first person to reach out to you. So what the hell are you even talking about? These women are insane. They're absolutely insane. And now there's this whole thing out about the bots, right? Now everybody's trying to figure out what the hell these bots are, who's who's hired these bots, all this stuff. Erica is posting, I just want everybody to know that I didn't hire the bots. Diana posted she didn't hire the bots, but when she posted she didn't hire the bots, she also talks about her human rights record, which like doesn't make any sense. Uh, just because your your human rights record, what, it includes that you weren't a fascist dictator that murdered people? That literally doesn't mean anything. Literally all of us normal human beings who aren't monsters have pretty good human right, rights records. Like, what is our human rights record as human beings? Unless you're actually murdering people or hurting them or voting in racist and all that stuff, you don't, all of us have pretty good human rights records. What does that even mean, Diana? All these women now, Lisa's, Lisa Rinna's posting about like not hiring bots. Literally, Beverly Hills is exploding. Those three morons that went to Hawaii, I don't know what kind of pack they did. I don't know if they drank each other's blood or what they did. They came up with a little, little crazy bitch pack or what. But they are both, all all three of them, all three of them are acting very poorly, okay? They're acting poorly. And they're honestly, I'm worried that they're going to ruin the show. I'm worried that they're going to ruin our house that's at Beverly Hills. Now, the difference, obviously, between Beverly Hills and New York, I, I will say, is that in Real Houses of New York, we had a full cast full of microaggressions, right? It was like ebony against most of these women. So fine. You didn't want to have this confrontation. You thought it was going to be too uncomfortable. I will say that at least in Beverly Hills, you have a bunch of normal people and then you have these three crazy clowns. What would be amazing is if they do shift the way the show is made and they really try to make it where it's 
now these three crazy clowns having to defend themselves against the rest of the normals. Now, is Kyle Richards normal? Certainly not. She's a flip-flopper, okay? She goes whichever way the wind blows. So I don't know how much she's really going to be able to, like, I don't know, salvage the – sorry, I just bumped my coffee mug into my mic. I don't know how much she's going to be able to salvage the show, but – I'm worried, guys. I'm worried because I don't. It's funny with your house as a Beverly Hills. I'm always excited for it to come back. I know it's going to disappoint me. I watch it. It's honestly the thing with your house as a Beverly Hills is very much put together like a bad thriller soap opera, right? Like, and I kind of enjoy watching it. It's beautiful to watch. The women are pretty. The fashions are, I guess, are enjoyable to some people. There's a lot of glitz and glam. The way that the show is produced is very different. There's a soft lens used. Like you can very much tell that before scenes are um, taped, the the camera who comes in and sets it up. I mean, it's very much like a it's set up. It, it, I'm sure that the behind the scenes production of it is much more like a scripted show, right? Um, certainly, you don't have that in Miami or New York where you have a lot more loose camera action or whatever, like freehand. I don't know. I'm not a film person, but you know what I mean. Like it's a little bit different. So I do enjoy watching Beverly Hills for that reason. And I do feel like the most frustrating thing over the last few years has been that there's no, there's not been a clear, um, it's, there's not been a situation where everybody's right and everybody's wrong, right? The problem in Beverly Hills is that one group is very wrong and nobody is showing any growth. There's no evolution. No, everybody's taking it too seriously too. Like it's just, it's, there's no comedy in Beverly Hills anymore, okay? And I think that's what's frustrating about Beverly Hills, and it's going more towards that because it's not just that there's no comedy. The women are just making too big a deal about things that they shouldn't be making a big deal about, and the things they should be making a big deal about, they're excusing. And I think that's what is frustrating in Beverly Hills. Potomac ladies, they fight, they laugh, they get over Atlanta. They fight the... Marlo and Candy made up over a bucket of fried chicken, like, at the airport. Like, I just, I love that they fight, but they get over it. Like, the getting over it is important. What how, What's problematic in Beverly Hills is everything, but also that, like I said last week, some of these women are creating a, a television show, and some of these women are acting like real human beings. And, and real human beings do fight with each other, but eventually you have to make up with your coworker and move on. In Beverly Hills, there's not a lot of making up. It's very, it's just very, you guys know, I've ranted enough. I've spent 20 minutes. I thought this was going to be a short episode. Here I am ranting about a goddamn show that drives me crazy. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to Real Housewives of Dubai. Oh, also Beverly Hills. When are they taping the reunion? And we haven't even gotten Aspen yet. Married to Medicine's almost over. Okay, and I feel like Beverly Hills has been on for a million years. What the hell's going on? <sighs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Let's let's move on to Dubai. Um, it is the finale of Real Housewives of Dubai. We open on a funeral for Miss Goat. Now listen, guys. I love Lisa Milan. Okay, I think she's gorgeous. Her kids are cute. Her husband is hot. I just, I love her whole setup. I think she's sassy. I think she's gorgeous. I think she's fun. And I think she's honest. But a goat funeral, honey? Or should I say funeral? Okay. It's kind of corny. It is. It is corny. 
Um, but it's just an excuse for everybody to get together and for her to flex that one of her friends is, I think her name is Lystra, Lystra, Lystra. She's from Rahasas of Cheshire. So that's interesting that Lisa Milan's got a lot of connections with other people. And I think that woman Jasmine, who was also on perhaps, was also once on another Real Housewives show. So she's friends with reality stars. Okay. It is what it is. Um, anyway, it's just an excuse for the ladies to get together and Ayan. Before we move on from the goat, Ayan does say that if the goat was in her village, it would just live outside and eat grass. But this Miss Goat wore Dior, which is insane. It's. I hope it was fake. I hope it was fake designer. Okay. Anyway, Ayan and Lisa use this moment to just um, catch up. And Lisa tells Ayan that the day before at a cooking class, Nina pulled Lisa aside and said, um, hey, like, I don't understand why you keep bringing up that I was a fake phony bitch for years Lisa pulls Nina pulls Lisa aside to say, "Stop bringing up the fact that I w- I'm a two faced asshole and that I talk shit about Snamberry for years." <laughs> Lisa's sorry, not Lisa. Nina is so corny, but I know exactly what Lena's, Nina's doing. Ayan and Lisa say they don't know who Nina is and that she's phony, and I can totally see it because guys, we don't know anything new about Nina. Okay. We learn nothing new about her. She's so produced. I don't think she's interesting. And if she is interesting, we're not seeing any of it. She thinks that she can just get by by being rich. And that's just like not an interesting enough story. French fries does not a personality make. Okay, who doesn't love French fries? You're a thin person who loves French fries. Oh my God, how amazing. But Nina is phony. Nina's phony. She talks shit about Stanbury for years. And Lisa's trying to say, like, how did all this, how did you guys become best friends and suddenly two months? How? How is that possible? And what she's basically trying to say is, you acting different because we're filming, okay? Anyway, I can see why Lisa and Ayan are so annoyed with Nina because I know exactly the kind of person that is. Because to be honest, that used to be me, okay? I used to be like Nina Ali, okay? I used to be the friend who I, I so wanted to be liked by everybody, that I would I would go whichever way the wind blew. You know, I was a little bit like Brooks too, where I was like, I'm going to talk shit about someone, but then I don't have the balls to actually be mean to them. And instead, I'm going to be really nice to them when the opportunity is available. And that was me in probably my 20s. And then I got into my 30s and I said, I'm not playing games. If I don't really like somebody, I don't really like their energy, I don't need to be around them. But I also feel like in your 20s, you spend a lot of time spending – um, time in groups or attending social gatherings that you don't really want to be at anyway. And so I just stopped going to those social gatherings and I never had to be around people that I didn't really like who I had been talking shit about. You know what I mean? Anyway, then we see a scene where Brooks goes to the park with her son and Zoran, the ex-husband. Uh, the ex had apologized on camera, so now things are better. And um, the kid is bullied in school. That's disgust. Adam calls his mom a gold digger. Okay, yikes they talk about the new spa zoran is involved okay that's it i mean i guess it's a close-up of her storyline it just felt really rushed i don't know it was a lot um they do a lot of filler footage this episode there's like multiple scenes of them doing things with their kids i don't really care but one of the songs the interstitial songs in the middle one of the lyrics i was like what am i watching selling sunset one of the the songs in the middle the lyrics were bangers and mash bank her and smash shakespeare 
Um, we go to Caroline and Sergio at an IVF clinic, the best IVF clinic in all of the Emirates, and they are retrieving eggs. There's so much filler footage here, okay? They're like, they they have the thing, Sergio goes to visit her, Caroline, he's hovering over Caroline, Caroline says, get the hell away from me, go stand on the side, you're irritating me. Um, Sergio's doing too much, he's so, he's like a puppy, he's like a little puppy. Um, she goes under, they retrieve the eggs, the doctor comes. They're like two hours later, the doctor comes and says, hello, Caroline, we have, you have five eggs. And then it cuts to two hours earlier, the doctor saying, we have five eggs. <laughs> like, there's so much, it didn't make any sense. I was like, okay, you guys are really trying to push it with this episode. Um, but okay, Caroline gets, she retrieves five eggs. So that's exciting. But she's, the fact that this woman is possibly going to have a baby with this man who doesn't even understand how babies are made is, listen, I don't understand their love, but I guess it works for them. I guess that's all I'll say to that. Um, Ayana's at home and she calls her sister Ifra. We get a lot of Ayana in the house antics, like the fact that she waters her fake plant, her son's relationship with his aunt. Like, I... I did really enjoy this scene. I did. Um, they talk, uh, Ifra and Ayana are super close and they talk about the hypnotherapy and they talk about her, uh, circumcision trauma and they have a very real conversation about it. And she says she feels really free after therapy. And Ifra says that she'd been trying to convince Ayan to go to therapy for years and years and years. And then she does think that it's very, very helpful because she's experienced the same thing. Ayan shares with us that she really wants to bring awareness to everything that's happened to her. And um, she credits her sister for saving her multiple times. She's very close to her sister. And she says, you know, everything I have in my life I have because my sister saved me from getting married off when I was 14 and all my issues with my dad and everything like that. And I just, I really enjoyed the scene because I know that Chanel Ayan is very much like the comedy of the show, right? Like she's silly and she does over the top things and she, her little like misnomers and the fact that she's always mispronouncing, misnomer, is misnomer the right thing? Because I said it and then I was like, is it a misnomer that I'm saying misnomer correctly, incorrectly? Anyway, she gets phrases wrong, right? And I get that that's like her thing is like she's silly and foreign and all that. But I like the scene because she's so relatable. The scene with her sister is super relatable. We're getting to know just who she is and she's a real person. And I can kind of see why she came to Jersey and like won over everybody's hearts in America. Because I think that at the end of the day, jokes aside, Chanelian is a very compelling story. And I think that she's a very cool person. And there's a lot for her to cut through. And yes, we have the Jen Shaw PTSD of somebody coming in too hot, but she's a real person that actually is willing to share a reality of her life. She's not really hiding anything, right? She's not hiding the fact that she grew up in a village, that she had nothing. She's not hiding the fact that she um, ran away from her family to marry her husband. She's not hiding any of that. She's a she's a pretty honest person because I don't even think she knows how to hide things, even if she wanted to. And I just I really enjoy her. Um, the lady goes to Ras al which is the capital of the Emirates. So no wonder Sarah wants to take them there. Okay, Sarah's doing a lot of tourism for Rack, as she calls it. They're going to the desert. Uh, Brooks and Stanberry are in the car. And, of course, Brooks is just relishing in the fact that she is crawling up this white lady's ass. Okay, she is so far up Stanberry's ass. It is so bizarre and so confusing. And I really just, I don't get it, guys. I don't get it. 
I don't understand what the end goal is here for Caroline Brooks. It's bizarre. Um, actually, I do know. We'll get to it. Anyway, Sarah, Sarah meets them there. Everybody arrives. And it's crazy that like Nina, Brooks, and Caroline are all acting like Lisa and Ayan are the problem when I'd say that they're the only ones that are being real and honest. Like Nina and Brooks are both crawling up Caroline Stanberry's ass and Lisa and Ayan are being the only real human beings who are like, we're not going to do that just because it's a television show. And it's especially confusing because I think Nina and Brooks both probably before filming talk shit about Lisa and Ayan, um, talk shit about Caroline Stanberry. So the fact that now Caroline Stanberry is like being treated like the queen bee of the show and they all need to crawl up her butt is very confusing to Lisa and Ayan because they're like, we don't need that. We don't need to crawl up this lady's butt. It's insane. Because even if you go on, and I told you guys last week, the Twitter for the Rehostas of Dubai is bananas right now. But even if you go on there, anytime Caroline's stream, all the, all the tweets that she likes and comments back on are the ones that are like, these ladies should be grateful because she's the one that has three years of a Bravo show under her belt. Okay. That doesn't mean anything. That literally doesn't mean anything. Okay. It's like... It's like the way Jill Zarin came to Ultimate Girls Trip and tried to make, like, Dorinda being a star on her because she's the one that brought Dorinda into the show. Just because you were – or, like, the way Vicky Gunvalson is about OC. I don't care that you were previously on another show. You're boring right now, and your life is not that exciting, and you're not fun to watch. It doesn't matter. And I think Caroline, like we have all said over the entire course of the season is – she really thought, Stanbury thought that the show was going to be about her, and it's very much not about her. But I do think that Lisa and Ayan are being, like, the realest on the show, which is crazy that the lady who walks in costume from place to place is the realest one on here, okay? My queen Ayan. Um, they meet Sarah at the desert on a camel, and Brooks is already hammered. She's hammered, and she's doing the most. They sit and talk, and Brooks is just, like, gushing over Sarah and how happy she is to be on this trip. And I, like I said, I know what her end goal is. This is what she does. She finds an, op- an opportunity and she crawls up its ass, okay? Brooks has told us many times she likes money. She likes to be, she likes to have connections. And look, is she a hustler for finding the ways to get, to get ahead, for finding opportunities? Sure, she is. But the, what I don't like about Brooks is that she's also a phony. She's not true to herself. Okay, she can talk shit about people and then the next day act like they're the greatest people in the world to her. It's bizarre. Um, But at this lunch, when they're sitting and talking, Ayan shares her hypnotherapy journey. And it's crazy that Stanberry has no reaction at all. Like none of the women really do. It's so weird. She like tells them and they just kind of like look at her. I don't know. It's it's bizarre. Caroline's does in this in the commercials, like not commercials, the confessionals. Like, she's really sad because, you know, she has – she's a mother. So she – I fucking hate that. I fucking hate that. Ben and Ronnie from Watch What Crappens talk about this all the time. You don't have to be a mother to be a decent human being and understand that uh, that female genital mutilation is a bad thing. Okay? That female circumcision is a bad thing. You don't have to be a mother to know that. But even in that moment, like – Stanberry doesn't use that moment at all to find empathy or connect with Ayan. She doesn't care about it. She doesn't, it's just, she's so cold and she's so wretched. I cannot stand her. Um, they all get Emirati Jilbabs and it's beautiful. Their dresses are really gorgeous. And then they ride camels to the next location in these gorgeous gowns. And I just want to say, as someone who has ridden a camel many times, I don't like it. 
Okay. I'm not a fan. Okay. I don't like herkity jerkity. I don't like it. Okay. I don't like the hydraulics of the way that it gets up and the way that it gets down. It's very um, unsettling. I I was getting PTSD to Rojas of New York with um, Countess Luann getting jerked off the camel. I mean, listen, it's just, it's not for me. Okay. I barely even like driving my car over, over cobblestone. Okay. I just, I like a smooth ride and a camel does not give me a smooth ride. Um, there's Bedouin tribes that are dancing and the music. And I'm not going to lie. I did, I did enjoy this part. I do as much as I hate Sarah Almadani, I do like the fact that she is showing parts of her culture, right? Cause that is important. I do like that. I enjoy getting to know that part of it. The issue with Sarah Almadani is that she thinks that she is, she is on the show as a representation of Emirati women, which she very much is not. And she's not also giving us an insight into who she really is. Instead, she thinks that just being like, just being like, you know, rebellious with her tattoos is just enough for her to be like a different kind of Emirati woman, which is not true. There's a lot of other things about her, but you guys can listen to old episodes on Dubai to hear what those things are because I've talked about it ad nauseum. Um, they sit around and they eat and, uh, Caroline Stanberry makes a bunch of microaggressions about food and eating. Okay. It's very strange. Um, Brooke says something like eating with her hands reminds her of being drunk and shoving French fries in her face after a bar. What do you eat French fries regularly when you're not drunk with your, with a fork and knife? What are you talking about, Brooks? What are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. And you're Latina. Like, a lot of Latin American food is eaten with your hands. Have you heard of tacos? (laughs) She's not Mexican. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. And then Caroline Stamberg's like, I love everything about the culture, but I'll just stick to fork and a knife. Okay, bitch. Calm down. Get out of here. Scram. Ever heard of pizza? You ever heard of a hamburger? Okay. Have you heard? The the British eat haggis, okay? I know that's a Scottish thing, but still, they eat disgusting foods. You're talking about you're talking about, oh, I can't deal with eating with my hands. How else do you eat hand food that is made for your to be eaten with your hands? Why are you acting I'm I got way too mad about it. I did, I'm not gonna lie. Cause these ladies are acting like they've like it's so barbaric to eat foods with your hands that you have to be a a sloppy drunk coming out of a bar to eat foods with your hands. That's your, it's nonsense. Get the fuck out of here. Anyway, um, Sarah asks Lisa and Caroline, they're like, Oh, is everybody good? Are we good? Oh, well, Sarah, I feel Sarah says, Lisa, I feel like there's an energy between you and Caroline Stanberry. And Lisa calls out Caroline for calling around and asking about her and trying to get information about her and then blocking her on Instagram. And the thing is, Stanberry doesn't own any of it. Caroline Stanberry's issue is that she doesn't own any of it. She did this on Ladies of London too, except back then it was enjoyable because it was like her turf, you know? It was just like a wretched British woman being being British and wretched in Great not Great Britain, in England where people are wretched, wretched, you know? Like it's, by the way, we have listeners from the UK. I'm not calling you wretched, okay? We love you. But it was like, this is what snobby rich, English people do, right? It's be snobby and rich in English. It's not translating in this show at all. It's not working. It's just cold and unlikable. But she doesn't own any of it. She says, oh, everybody calls her on everybody and talks shit about everybody. And then 
when they call her out for blocking Lisa, she's like, I don't follow everyone. Okay, but that's not the question. The thing is that you blocked her. And she's like, I just didn't want any negativity. But what is the negativity? What did she do to you? What did she do to you? You called her poison. You called Lisa Milan poison. I still don't understand what the beef is between Lisa Milan and Caroline Stanbury. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Something happened behind the scenes or something, but Stanbury suddenly just decided that she didn't like Lisa Milan anymore. She she suddenly decided that she was not going to fuck with Lisa Milan anymore, and it doesn't it doesn't make any sense why. The only thing I can track is that they were friends in the beginning. She didn't come to Lisa's fashion show because she didn't like that Lisa and Ayan were friends. When Lisa tried to confront Ayan, confront Caroline Stanberry about it, she Caroline Stanberry made a, a lewd joke about Lisa Milan and Sergio. And then that was it. Suddenly everything shifted. It doesn't make any sense. Even in the car when she's like, uh, I don't know what the issue is with me and Ayan. We just can't get along. It's because you're being terrible to these women, to these women who don't want to crawl up your ass. That's all it is. When she says that she's poison, it's because Lisa calls her messy. Poison and messy are two very different things. Calling somebody a poison and calling somebody messy is different. You co- she called you messy because you are messy. Because you make a mess, you forget what you're doing, you get drunk, you scream at people, and then you talk shit about everybody. That's messy. But a poison? You still can't even determine why Lisa Milan is negative or why she's poison or why you're blocking her. You you have no reasons for it. There's no reasons for it. Um, but then the rest of the episode, the women dance and we get the finale cards. And the finale cards, I'm not going to lie, are perfectly lame. Okay. Nina's made me laugh, especially because it's about her buying like a multi-million dollar house. Her house is finished. And the most exciting thing about her house is an air fryer. You can get that for 20 bucks on Amazon. An air fryer for her French fries. Did Nina write this herself? Did they write these place cards themselves? Because the finale card, sorry. Did they write the finale cards themselves? Because they're so corny. They are so corny. Um, we get the reunion preview, which does look really good. But the funniest thing about it is that Caroline Stanberry really thinks that she's doing something coming in with her Monique type binder against Lisa. Okay. About what I'm not even sure. But the funniest thing about it is that she puts on these, these readers that make her look like the old man from up. Okay. She's got the old man from up readers on and she thinks she's being so funny. And she just looks so, this is the biggest issue with Caroline. Here's the thing. It's funny to watch Caroline Stanberry try so hard and fall. What would be funnier is if some of the other women that were there also pointed it out. What's frustrating is watching Nina and Sarah and Caroline Brooks try to crawl up Stanberry's butt. But like you're crawling up the butt of somebody who's genuinely lame. You know what I mean? That's what doesn't make any sense. Okay. That's what that's what is frustrating. Is that you're craw- it's again, it's a Beverly Hills thing. They're trying to crawl up her ass for God knows what. <sighs> but I'm excited for the reunion because um she tries to call Caroline Stanbury tries to call Lisa Milan an escort. And Lisa Milan is like you were in Jeffrey Epstein's book. Her little his little book log, his plane log. And she was because she used to date Andrew, Prince Andrew. Okay. She dated Prince Prince Andrew. And I'm not gonna say that Caroline Stanbury is 
a bad person for dating a predator because it's not her fault that he was a predator. But like you dated a predator. There was a longstanding understanding that Prince Andrew is a problematic person. You dated him anyway. And that's probably how you got in Jeffrey Epstein's book because Prince Andrew and Jeffrey Epstein were besties. Okay. There's a picture of her on a yacht with Andrew. There's a woman with her back and it very much looks like that Ghislaine Ghislaine lady. Okay. I'm not saying it's her. But my God, these housewives are all constantly connected to these monsters. My God. Um, Anyway, that's it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I will be back next week to talk about Married to Medicine and Rehusas of Atlanta. And then I will be taking off for Labor Day weekend. And I will be releasing a Patreon episode I did with my brother to talk about Meet Joe Black. If you want to hear more from our Patreon, please do sign sign up there. It's patreon.com slash the reality is pod. I do pop culture breakdowns, but also a lot of personal life information with my brother. And it's, um, I think the people who listen do enjoy it. So, um, we'll talk to you there. If you support us there, if you already support us there, thank you so much. Um, but I will talk to you next time. Thank you for being here and thank you for listening. Bye.